Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. Acts 1.8 You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus, the end of his earthly ministry, dies on a cross for you and me, rises from the dead and over a period of 40 days teaches and instructs his disciples. And one of the things he instructs them is to wait for the Holy Spirit Because when the Holy Spirit comes, they will receive power and they will be able to be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Some of this is actually a little bit like legal language. I sort of was wondering if I could come up with some sort of image to describe this. The Holy Spirit, who is described in John's work as the parakletos, which also can mean legal aid, So the Holy Spirit, which is like a legal aid, will come upon you and give you power and strength and confidence so that you can be a witness. And in the Greek, the word witness there is the word martyr. Now, we know martyrs in like common language, in English language, we might use the word martyr to describe someone who would die for their faith. But really, the word just means a witness, but more specifically, a legal witness, like that is used in a court. And so I think this is really an interesting verse where he says the Holy Spirit, also known colloquially as the parakletos, as the legal aid, the legal aid is going to come and help you to give you confidence when you give your legal witness. You can almost imagine yourself preparing for a court case where you have to give witness and you're thinking you're nervous, you don't know how the whole thing works, you've never been to a courtroom before, it's like there's, there's scary things in a courtroom, there's a judge, there's a jury, there's all the people watching, and you're getting nervous, you're getting nervous. What a witness might do is employ a legal aid. Or the legal aid might instruct the witness for a case on how to best give their testimony. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to come and give us strength and power so that when we share our witness, our testimony with others, we can do it with confidence and strength. This all seems simple. Become a Christian, accept the Holy Spirit, and be a witness of the goodness of God throughout the earth. Simple. The church should be busting at the seams. Truthfully, The task of going to the ends of the earth seems a little bit impossible when we find it hard to go to the end of our street. I don't know if anyone feels like me. I certainly feel like that sometimes. But I don't think it's a lack of the Spirit. We've done a Holy Spirit series this year, and I think our church moves in the Holy Spirit. I don't think it's a lack of the Holy Spirit. I think perhaps it's a surplus of the ego and a lack of simple, basic training and Therefore, that, for that reason, I've just got some simple tips for you today that might help you go to the ends of the earth or at least to the end of your street or at least to your workplace or at least to your school or at least to your university or at least within your direct family. 
Just some simple tips. This may be the most controversial sermon I've ever done. Brace yourselves. I've done some controversial ones recently. <laughs> this may be the most controversial. Because this sermon is titled, Why Jim Carrey is the Best Actor of All Time. Some of you just made a decision to leave our church. <laughs> but I believe this to be deeply, deeply true. My parents hated Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey became famous for the Ace Ventura movies, amongst others, in 1994. I was born in 1994. Some of you just <laughs> felt very old. Ace Ventura came out in 1994, and my parents started watching Ace, uh, Jim Carrey movies and absolutely couldn't stand him, hated him, hated him. But as I got a few years older, young enough that I can't really remember, uh, a few years after I was born, so a few years after these movies were released, one of them must have been playing on the TV and I must have crawled over to the TV and sat in front of the TV and my parents say that I was watching this actor Jim Carrey as like a three-year-old laughing like they'd never heard before. Watching this actor, a little three-year-old sitting in front of, mesmerised by Jim Carrey, the facial expressions, the, the overt overacting, just sitting in front of the TV laughing. And my parents sat there for nearly the whole movie, laughing at me laughing. And all of a sudden, my parents loved Jim Carrey because they saw the point of it all. And since then, I've always said that Jim Carrey is my favourite actor. I love all of his movies. What I've just done with you now is shared my testimony of my experience with Jim Carrey, my first life-transforming moment in the presence of Jim Carrey. I don't need to give you all the facts and the figures about Jim Carrey, when he was born, what, you know, what, what, how old he is when he acted in those films, the colour of his eyes. I don't need to give you all the facts and figures. I need to tell you my story. Revelation 12, 10 to 11, says this. Revelation 12, 10 to 11. Now the salvation... And the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser, another legal word, literally meaning like an accuser in court. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, has been defeated by our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb, as in the work of Jesus, and the word of their testimony. Not that the accuser wasn't defeated by all the facts and the figures, by all the scientific proofs. No, it was defeated by the work of Jesus and the word of their testimony. So I don't have all the facts and figures about Jim Carrey, but I can tell you my experience with him. I can tell you the joy that Jim Carrey has brought me over many years of watching his films. And maybe that might encourage you to see Jim Carrey with a new light. Perhaps you could go home and watch one of his films. <laughs> see some people shaking their heads. 
Another reason I love Jim Carrey is because there is something for everyone. Too many people put Jim Carrey in a box. They try to box him in. He's just that silly comedic actor, and he is. But, and if you want to, don't know if I should be recommending any of these movies in church, but, you know, if you have the spiritual maturity to be able to watch a movie without falling into sin and temptation, Dumb and Dumb is a great one. But if you're, if you're a modern type, if you, if you just like, uh, like your classic uh, rom-com film, then maybe you'd love Yes Man. Another side of Jim Carrey. If you're like a horror film buff, if you love horror films and your favourite thing is horror films, the number 23, very serious, no laughing in that film. Very serious. Jim Carrey showing his amazing talents to the world. If you're a reader, if you like reading books, perhaps you grew up reading A Series of Unfortunate Events by Liminy Snicket, you could watch A Series of Unfortunate Events, the movie adaption. If, you, uh, if you're a kid, you might want to watch Sonic the Hedgehog. If you're a deep thinker, philosophical, this actually is a brilliant movie, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, unbelievable movie, Jim Carrey in a whole new light, it will transform your view of him. If you're a deep thinker and, you know, this movie is unbelievable. And if you like Christmas, you could watch The Grinch. There is something from everyone. And depending on who I'm talking to, I'm going to recommend a different Jim Carrey movie. If I talk to someone who's obviously jovial and funny and just wants a good time, I'm going to recommend Dumb and Dumber. If I'm talking to a child, I'm going to recommend Sonic the Hedgehog. If I'm talking to someone I have five seconds of conversation, I go, oh, this person's deep. I'm going to recommend Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. There's something for everyone. As a pastor, I've learned over the years how to speak to a youth ministry, how to speak in an AM service, how to speak in a PM service, how to speak in a local high school, how to present a 10-minute devotion at Coast Shelter to the homeless, how to speak in Pentecostal churches, how to speak in Lutheran churches, how to speak in Baptist churches, how to fly overseas, to go to Indonesia, to meet my sponsor children and speak in various different orphanages and projects. And I never share the gospel the same way. Jesus is diverse. You can't put him in a box. If I'm speaking at a local charity, dealing with youth on the street who may have grown up without a father, I'm not necessarily going to preach about God as a father, knowing the pain that that might cause. If I'm speaking to a group of people who I know have suffered a lot of guilt and shame, I'm not going to get up and do the you're a sinner sermon. If I'm speaking to a... Some people do need to hear that sermon. Do you understand? We need to be diverse. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23 says this. It's 9, 19... For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I become as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those outside the law, I become as one outside the law 
that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I become weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. Jesus also says, you know, I'm sending you out amongst wolves, so be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. In the bounds of being completely yourself, you're allowed to talk to people where they're at. The way that you talk to us on a Sunday should be different to the way that you talk to your colleagues at, church, uh, at work about God. Purely because they're different people, they have different experiences, they have different upbringings. We need to learn, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us how to have the right words for the people we're speaking to. It's not a one-size-fits-all religion. If it was, I probably wouldn't fit. On that point, if I was inviting someone to my house, for example, to uh, watch a Jim Carrey movie, I'm not going to um, put the lights on full bore. And when they ask for a drink, I'm not going to say, no, 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 you should have brought a water bottle with you. The reason that in the PM service we turned down the lights, put up fancy music, because we want it to be comfortable, as if you're, you know, watching, having a movie night. This is not my lounge room. <laughs> I wish it was. Might put out some snacks, might turn, you know, make it a pleasurable viewing experience. So even if you hate the movie, you might be tricked into thinking you liked it because <laughs> of the environment. It's not just in the words we say, it's in the environments we set, and that's why I'm so passionate in certain spaces of our church, like the youth ministry and PM service, for creating environment that can be welcoming, that can get people in. I want to become all things to all men. I want our church to be all things for all people. I want people to be able to come in here and feel comfortable. As, as does our morning service, we like to say that the PM service is like going to a, like going to, you know, uh, an, uh, an evening dinner, you know, you're going out to the Bond Pavilion with the dim lighting and the ambient, you know, uh, and come to the morning services like going out for brunch. We want it to feel comfortable. We want to be all things to all men. We want to be as wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. You've got to be a little bit smart. You've got to be a little bit intentional. You've got to let go of your ego and become what God needs you to be in the moment. Paul, who lived his whole life as a very strict Jew, and probably hated it after that, it's like he lived his whole life as a very strict Jew, he leaves it all behind, and then it's like, now whenever he goes back and speaks to Jews, he remembers what that's like, and he puts himself in their shoes, and he speaks to them like he's still in that world. It can be very hard to do. That would be like me going and do doing a sermon in a church that had hurt me, for example. But I'd know how to speak their language for the sake of winning the lost. Another reason I love Jim Carrey is because the talent of Jim Carrey speaks for itself. His reputation precedes him. Jim Carrey, first actor in history, to be given $20 million for a film. First actor in history. This is a list of the other actors who have like, been given money. The next two are Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy at $15 million each, and then Whoopi Goldberg at $10 million. At his time, he was the greatest... If you're a producer or a director, you wanted to work with Jim Carrey. For those people, he was a goldmine. 
You might not like Jim Carrey, but most of the world did. Most of the world did. He won two Golden Globes, 11 MTV Awards, six Kids' Choice Awards, four People's Choice Awards, five Teen Choice Awards, and a bunch of other indie awards, and he met the Queen. His reputation precedes him. And after this sermon, you might come up to me and say, Lewis, I agreed with every single word you said, except that thing about Jim Carrey. (laughs) And I might say, well, that's okay, because I like him. A lot of the world loves him. And if you think I'm silly for liking Jim Carrey, I'm willing to be silly. The truth of Jesus speaks for itself. His reputation precedes him. If you're a young person and your friends at school are trying to tell you that you're crazy for being a Christian, that you're a weirdo, some sort of a freak, you you know, you don't understand the real world. Why would you be a Christian? That's a stupid thing to do. Take heart in the fact There's about 2.2 to 2.8 billion other stupid people on this planet who believe in Jesus wholeheartedly. You're not as lonely out there as you think. Our religion, it's it's... If you've ever been to a hospital, a school, if you've ever given money to a charity... All of those institutions started by Christians. You know that? Without Christians, hospitals, schools, charities wouldn't exist. The gospel speaks for itself. Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. Isaiah 55, 10. To 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Jesus says when, you, when they put you before courts, they put you before courts, more, more legal language and rulers. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. God wants his word and the gospel to go forth more than you do. God desires more children in his family than you do. God wants to use you, not for your sake, for his. And he will, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say and his word won't return void. He speaks for himself. His reputation precedes him. You can take the pressure off. You're allowed to go into your workplace and be all things to all men and hint at your faith. Invite people to church. Invite them to your house for a cup of coffee. Pray with them when they're going through some sort of serious thing in their life. Because God loves them more than you do. 
and he will be with you. And he speaks for himself. He speaks for himself. Another reason I think Jim Carrey is awesome is because I truly believe that Jim Carrey can change your life. I've always said that if any youth ever came to me in major despair, and maybe you're sitting in the room today in major despair, that I could introduce you to one movie that might change your life. That movie is Bruce Almighty. Some of you are thinking, isn't that a bit sacrilegious? If you're thinking that, I encourage you to watch the movie again with open eyes and open ears. This is a profound movie about the nature of God and faith. Very profound. I I could watch this movie on repeat. In fact, I've had Bible studies where I've invited my friends over to watch this movie. And you could say, well, Lewis, don't you get bored of watching the movie? Well, A, I don't get bored of watching the movie. But B, even if I did get bored of watching the movie, I'm not watching it for my sake. I'm watching it for the sake of the people around me. This has some unbelievable quotes. This has some unbelievable, you know, there's this point where Morgan Freeman, the character playing God, says to Jim Carrey, you know, everyone's praying for a miracle, but they don't realise a miracle is a single mum that has time to make her kids' lunchboxes to work full time and still drop her kids off to soccer practice. That's a miracle. Another point in the movie, you know, Morgan Freeman's talking to Bruce and he's giving him all the instructions, he's telling him all the things and, and, and Bruce sits there, he's like, well, am I allowed to ask why? And God says, yes, you can. That's the beauty of it. Profound movie. There's a few rude bits, but cover your eyes. Jim Carrey is good, but Jesus is better. I'm going back to um, the truth here and saying that Jim, I'm not putting Jim Carrey on the same pedestal as God. There's different levels. I truly believe that Jesus can change your life. I have my own testimony with Jesus. I've seen Jesus work in various different parts of my life. I've seen the God that I believe in be funny. When I go on my prayer walks and I'm talking to God, he tells me jokes. I'll be sitting in my car praying and and I'll just have the Holy Spirit say something funny. I'll be sitting in my car laughing at something that I feel like God is saying to me. But I've also been deeply convicted by the Holy Spirit in moments of seriousness. I've had moments where the Holy Spirit has had to grieve alongside me and come along me in my grief. I've experienced Jesus in all different seasons and aspects of my life. I've seen his, uh, his portfolio. It's changed my life deeply. And I've seen him change the lives of others. John 8, 32 to 33 says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jim, when I watch a Jim Carrey movie, it makes me feel free. 
makes me feel young again. You know, being all things to all men. I had a young adult tell me the other day, I, I can never tell whether you're, whether you're 40 or 16. I was thinking, well, good. <laughs> I'll be whatever I need to be to reach the lost. <laughs> Jim Carrey makes me feel young again, makes me feel happy, gives me joy, makes me feel free. But that's nothing in comparison to the freedom I feel in Christ. And I'm talking about the real freedom when it's just me and Jesus. You know, I know in churches, in church institutions, churches, organisations, you know, sometimes we put constrictions on our, on, our, on our freedom in Christ. And we have to do that, even just for safe churches reasons. We need to have paperwork and all the checks and balances. But the freedom I'm talking about is like the real freedom when it's just me and Jesus. Life-changing. When it's just me and Jesus on a mountain looking at the ocean. Me and Jesus watching a sunset. makes me feel young again makes me feel like when I first met him makes me feel like a three-year-old sitting in front of the tv just laughing having no con having no understanding what's actually happening on the screen the truth is I have no idea what's actually happening in my life most of the time but sometimes I'd like to just sit there and laugh sometimes I need to be sit there and let the truth set me free and the truth can set you free. And I truly believe this. And it's why I can speak with confidence. It's why I can share with you like this. In preparation for my sermon, I thought, well, I should go back and watch some of my favourite Jim Carrey speeches. And I watched one speech last night and I started crying because Jim Carrey's a life-changing man. <laughs> got some profound things to say and I started crying during this quote when he was giving a uh, graduation address to a university he said when I was about 28 I'm 28 after a decade as a professional comedian I realized one night in LA that the purpose of my life has always been to free people from concern and when I realized this I dubbed my new diversion the church of freedom from concern and I dedicated myself to that ministry. What's yours? How will you serve the world? What do they need that your talent can provide? And I started crying because I realised, this is me. I'm about 28 years old and recently, if you've noticed the tone of my sermons, I'm starting to say some things that I really believe. Because I'm starting to realise what I feel called to, the things that I feel called to address in the modern church. And at 28, after a decade doing ministry stuff, when I moved here at 17, 18, you know, I was volunteering at charities and I was serving in youth ministries and then I worked as a chaplain full time. I'm starting to realise that the purpose of my life has been to free people from concern. The truth sets people free. And I'll do whatever I can to free people from their concern. Whether it's caused by yourself, caused by others, even caused by good things like our institutions that we set up. I want to free people from concern. People want to be freed. When you come to the concert on December 4th and see the youth, you know what the youth want to do? They want to jump around and mosh pit and fall over and nearly break an ankle. They want to be free. And you understand that we can provide that for the world? 
I've dedicated myself to that ministry. My website, lewisjonker.com, you can check it out if you need an entertainer for your children's party. (laughs) I put my, uh, my life mission statement, I wrote a life mission statement recently. My life mission statement is this, called to communicate truth. Whether I'm doing a magic trick, a spoken word poem, or a sermon, whether I'm speaking to the 12 and 13-year-old or to the 90-year-old at Henry Kendall Gardens when I go do devotions there occasionally, I am called to communicate truth. And in some sense, so are you, to the ends of the earth. I've dedicated myself to this ministry My question to you is, what's yours? How will you serve the world? What do they need that your talent given to you by God himself, placed in you, in your mother's womb, created by God, that you may reveal the truth that people may be set free for his glory? Because the Jim Carrey movie is good. But it's not going to bring salvation to the world. The world needs Jesus. They're the ways in which I would share the gospel. (laughs) Thank you. They're the ways in which I would share the gospel. I would share my testimony. I'd tell my story about the first time I encountered Jesus. I'm losing concern for the things I had concern for. For me, it happened at about, you know, I grew up in a Christian family, just like some of your kids are doing. And you might be thinking, oh, you know, they're 14 now. They should be sitting in the sermon and taking it. They would keep trying to escape. Well, it didn't really hit me till 16. I don't think I heard one sermon before the age of 16. And I went to church every Sunday and I had to sit there with my parents. I don't remember, I hardly remember one word. But at the age of 16, I met some people who really brought the gospel alive. One of them is serving our year fives and sixes down the back right now, Evan. If you know Evan Laurie. I came here for work experience in year 10 to work with a music charity. Evan was at the music charity a very strong, faithful Christian, Evan, who's down there serving your year fives and sixes right now. And I went to his church on the Sunday that I was down here for work experience, working with the charity. And I went to this church and it was like, it was, it was amazing. It was like, it was an, a, a church full of islanders and they were singing this worship and I'd never heard worship like it. And it was amazing. And, you know, I could, God is stirring within me. And then Evan and his friends take me for a tour of Sydney because I'm from the country. And someone buys me a meat pie. And I remember the moment thinking, this guy doesn't expect me to pay him back. I've never seen this kind of generosity. I want to be just like these guys. I want to be free from concern. And from that moment, I went back to my hometown and I started listening to the sermons at 16. So if your kid's young and still not listening, you've got time. And from that moment was life, I would go back into school from that moment. If I was having a rough day, I'd sneak into the bathrooms and like close the stall and I would just pray. 
And I remember countless times in high school, like in the bathrooms, getting goosebumps all over me. Feeling free. He can free you too. Then I might share in your context. I might share in your context. I might tell you something about Jesus that you need to hear. Not something I think you need to hear. I will discern what you need to hear. If you're in this room and you're seeking an answer because life just hasn't been all that and you've seen some people around you and they're living a slightly more free life than you, you can have that. If you're here and you're like, you're trying to figure it all out and it's like, Jesus is real. He's deep. He can answer the questions that you have. He really can. No matter your age. I feel there might be people in that context in this room today. I might let him speak for himself. I don't need to prove Jesus to you. He's real. I speak to him. He speaks to me. Either that or I'm crazy. 2.2 to 2.8 billion people believe in him. It's like, huh, come on now. And you think, oh, I'm crazy. And I might remind you that Jesus, the truth of him, can change your life. I truly believe it. Thank you, worship team.